Yes, friends, OGP, with myself, Adam Arbright, joined over there by the healthy, the wealthy, and the wise. Mr. Andrew Mackwitz, how are we, sir? Adam, low-key, mm-hmm. May 5th is one of my favorite days of the year. No. And I know, and I think I, I think I know why. Because as everybody knows, May 5th is an international holiday. It Otto's is. birthday. Ah, yes. It is my pup's birthday. He turns three. You know, his, his big reward is I'll probably go to the pet store and get him uh, one of those like frozen dog treats. But more importantly, on the walk this morning, he got to decide when we turn left and when we turn right. Big change in, in how we normally walk. But, you know, leave it to him. Happy birthday, <laughs> Otto. You know, he's born on a day where I get to have tacos and tequila. So I'm uh, we're all a happy camper today. Big, big life changes are coming for Otto. Used to be nothing but lefts. Now, all of a sudden, there's a world of right. It's like and, Zoolander. He, you know, he's like, turn left, turn right. Couldn't even, I'm not, I'm not an ambi-turner. <laughs> uh, we come in, of course, on a Wednesday, and it is Cinco de Mayo. You're going to be enjoying, I know, some tacos and tequila today. Courtney and I are going to be heading out to meet up with a good friend of hers, who I believe you're familiar with, Madeline Post. will be receiving some company here. She's back East Coast visiting. We're going to get together. We're going to have some tacos. We're going to try to find some tequila. I don't care if we're drinking in the back alley outside of the liquor store. It's Cinco de Mayo, friends. And here on the podcast, we're not going to be running some type of theme around that. We're going to be sticking with New York football giants news. And of course, the way that I think we, we start to take a look at this is going to be diving in on in a little bit the NFL power rankings and just what it might mean for the New York football giants following the draft. Because I think we anticipated there being a shift there, but Andy has not seen the results, so we're going to have a little bit of fun and see if he can pin down where Big Blue ranks by NFL standards. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited, Adam. You know, we've got a little bit of the betting side of it, which gives me a, what I feel is an upper hand, but who knows if if the power rankings will match up post-draft. You know, everyone comes out of, out of the draft giving Dave Gettleman and Joe Judge a huge amount of praise for what they did to fill out this roster. Let's see if that materializes in terms of where they rank the Giants against other teams, especially the NFC East teams. And let's start out with a little bit of fun here. So the power ranking is going to be the bulk of this show, and we're going to we're going to get some pretty you know deep dive into to what it may mean for the New York football Giants. But before we do, on a lighter side of things, I got to ask you, Andy, do you like a little bit of pepper with your steak? Of course, of course. I'll take a little pepper or a little uh, poivre, you know, a little pepper sauce. You, you, you name it. <laughs> All in <laughs> because Jabril Peppers, listen, thinking ahead to whether or not he'll get that next big contract for the New York football giants, that's up in the air. But following the draft, he immediately trolled the Philadelphia Eagles with a post on social that said the difference between being drafted by the Giants than by the Eagles is clear. And it's Kadarius Tony in full New York football giants gear. He's holding up the jersey. He's got the sweatshirt, the hat, full, just smile ear to ear on his face. And then on the other side, you've got Devonta Smith. He's got the jersey. He's also just wearing a pair of headphones, looking kind of sullen. Is this what we should expect? I mean, are these two receivers that clearly got the mixed bag of results that you would anticipate on draft night? Devonta Smith looks like he's waiting for his burrito bowl at Chipotle, and he's got his headphones and he doesn't want anyone to talk to him where Kadarius Tony is sitting there, like you said, grinning ear to ear, being like, someone asked me a question about how happy I am to be here. And, you know, I, I love it. I, I like the rivalry. The Giants, as you can tell, are getting a little bit more confident. 
We've been the doormat for quite a few different years in the NFC East. You can start to see the culture change and you can start to see the team being more confident. What you're seeing is Kadarius Tony and Devonta Smith are going to be forever linked together. And there's going to be comparisons between the two players for as long as they play for the Giants and the Eagles, respectively. And that makes sense because the Giants really did want Devonta Smith. And, you know, the Eagles came up, traded with the Cowboys to get him. The whole circumstance and how Devonta Smith became an, an Eagle and how Kadarius Tony became a Giant interlinks them. And I'm guessing that, you know, they're going to be compared to each other for the next 10 years, Adam. The bigger news for us, and obviously what we're going to spend the bulk of our time on here, is the NFL power rankings. Andy, let's have some fun here. First, let's start with this. Give me the range, 1 to 32. Give me the range that the entire NFC East falls within. Highest ranked team to lowest ranked team. What's the top position? Don't have to go with the team yet, but what is the highest ranked position we find the NFC East in, and what is the lowest? Ooh, that's a that's a good one. Um, that that one to me depends on how they feel like a, a couple of teams address things in the draft. If I had to put numbers on it, I will say that they have a range of thirteen to twenty seven. Okay, so okay, here's the good news. 27, spot on the nose, and maybe we know which team that would be in the East, but we're gonna we're in for some disappointment here because 13 is about six spots too high. Coming in in the 19th position, that's the highest-ranked team. Who do you think it is? Uh, it's got to be the Dallas Cowboys. And it's got to be wrong. It's the Washington football team coming in at 19, and these up- updated in the last 24 to 36 hours, and we're going off of NFL.com. So this is what the league feels like is the correct and accurate rankings of all these teams. Uh, And the Washington football team was previously at 18 and dropped a little bit. So I wonder how how they're looking at the quarterback position, obviously coming in the offseason, but then ultimately who they added in the draft and maybe whether or not by NFL expectations, they should have looked at the quarterback position and maybe said, can we get the young player in here, the heir apparent, and allow Fitzpatrick to move it down the line? Coming in at number two in the division. I'm going to guess the Dallas Cowboys. And what position do they find themselves in those power rankings, friend? Well, I had them higher according to everyone else's standards. (laughs) So I'm pretty far off, but I'm guessing they're going to be 22nd. They come in at 21, we, and we'll go ahead and round it out here by letting you know that the Giants are narrowly behind them at 22, and then the Eagles come in at 27. So to your point, I mean, you thought you had you would have had Dallas up there at 13, just outside the top 12 of the league, the top third of the league, essentially. Are you surprised by that specifically? Because the Dallas Cowboys, you know, Dak Prescott back and the, the wide receiver group they have there. They have a veteran offensive line and they, they address some key areas on the defensive side of the ball in the draft that you thought would maybe move that needle a little bit higher for them. I'm, I'm actually surprised that the Washington football team is higher than Dallas, but I mean, it makes sense though. The Washington defense is really, really stout. Um, you know, they, they're the ones that I feel like have the biggest question mark at the quarterback position, mm-hmm. they kind of tried to piecemeal it and cobble it together last year. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm not as big on, on Dallas as other people are, as some of the betting websites would lead you to believe that, that they are the favorite in the NFC East. 
I just assume because of the star, they'd want to move them up a little bit in the power rankings, be a little bit more provocative. I mean, Dallas being at 21 is kind of where I, I feel they are. I'm just surprised the power rankings didn't have them uh, at a better position, you know, com- comparatively. You got to remember, though, too, so from a Washington standpoint, uh, because you would think that maybe the, the Dallas the Dallas would be a little bit higher, although reality, I guess, is they, they have been an underachieving team for as good as they've been, and I wonder if the NFL rankings kind of punish them for that. Uh, they were, by the way, 22nd and moved up a spot to 21 the Giants moved up a spot from 23 to 22 and then for the Eagles they actually fell a spot from 26 down to 27 the one thing I'll say about Washington though you go over remember this draft class that they got you know it does hinge on what Ryan Fitzpatrick is right how many games do you get Fitz magic for this season but when you have McLaurin they, they signed Curtis Samuel in the offseason they drafted my boy Diami Brown in the draft like they did stockpile this offensive side of the ball and set it up to have some pretty, you know, potentially some good success. As long as the line holds up, remember, they still have Antonio Gibson at the running back spot. So sneaky, I, you know, sneaky team, I think, the Washington football team. We all assume that because they don't have either one, a young quarterback like the Eagles do, or a commodity or like us as well, right? Or a commodity like Dak Prescott, that automatically you can kind of write them off as being a muddling team. I just, you know... They're the team that scares me a little bit. This is not surprising where they have the Giants at 22. When when you think about it, Adam, what pick did the Giants originally have in the first round of the NFL draft? That would be number 11. Number 11. Do you know where the 20 being the 22nd team in the power rankings puts you at the 11th worst team? That's what it puts you at. So like there's no shock or surprise (laughs) that they put the Giants right there. What surprises me is that's indicating that after this offseason that the Giants have had with the additions of Kenny Galladay, Kyle Rudolph, you know, uh, getting Leonard Williams re-signed, grabbing Ojolari, you know, going and getting Hedarius Tony, putting all these weapons around Daniel Jones, having Saquon Bar- Barkley healthy, the Giants haven't moved the needle or haven't mo- done enough to change where they finished last season. To me, that's shocking. You know, having the, the Cowboys at 21, I get it. They were picking 10th. They, they kind of moved up, you know, right in front of us to 10. They have Dak Prescott coming back. They address some defensive needs on that side of the football. But really, th- this to me kind of seems like a little bit of a farce because it's basically saying the Giants finished as the 11th wor- you know, worst team last year. We're going to put them as the 11th worst team to start our power <laughs> rankings. Like, way to go out on a limb and maybe do a little bit of uh, analysis on the offseason free agent signings and the way the Giants knocked it out of the park in the draft. Well, and to be clear, to be fair, too, I think like because I, I looked at these, I think, two days ago and then to today, they've even updated since then. So there was a time when the Giants, I think, were closer to where the Eagles are 27th or so, as opposed to being up closer to the, you know, higher mid mid to higher 20s there. And I will just out of curiosity, Andy, or just to let you know, maybe when you said 13 for the for the Dallas Cowboys, the question would become. Uh, teams like San Francisco 49ers starting at 12th in the rankings. Then the Colts, the Chargers are there, though, at 14. That maybe surprises me a little bit. The Dolphins at 15, Cardinals at 16, Vikings at 17. So like those are a couple of the teams, I think, to your point. And then even the Raiders at 18. I think there's three teams there, and the Raiders, the Vikings, and the Chargers, because the Chargers are still a young team. They do have solid weapons you know, all across the board. But those are three teams that are a little bit surprising. It does feel like maybe the NFC East is just kind of getting shoved 
into this, eh, you know, mid, mid, slightly back end of the pack. And that's where they just think the division overall is going to be based on last year, but not taking into account what certain teams did or did not have available for them. Right. If you think about it, Philadelphia started Carson Wentz, who was just abysmal last year, like one of the, you know, statistically one of the worst quarterbacks in the league almost ever. And then you look at the Washington football team, they had four different starting quarterbacks within like the first six weeks of the season. You know, Dak Prescott goes down with an ankle injury. And so the only consistent one was Daniel Jones, who even got banged up and and had to miss some time as well. Like the the quarterback position in the NFC East is going to look drastically different this year. You know, it, it is kind of, listen, it's deserving, I guess, to start. You know, the NFCs didn't really do themselves any favors. Dallas's defense was, like, all-time historically terrible last year. Yeah. I don't know if they fully addressed the needs on how to improve that defense the right way. Um, but but it's oh, interesting. Oh, oh, the right way. Very interesting choice of words from Andy Makowitz. They got Parsons. They got Jabril Cox. But, but the, the right way, though. You're taking some risks on some, maybe some, uh, you know, guys that aren't quite, maybe not health, maybe not personality fits. Is that what you're saying, Andy? Is that is that a dig at the Dallas Cowboys? Well, listen, I'll take it. I'll take a dig at Dallas anytime I can, but oh, yeah. not not even. I mean, take the risk factor aside, which I think is huge. With all of these guys that have off field concerns, which is just so Dallas to to be able to do this. Just take the talent. We'll figure it out. The star will work itself out. Great, fine, but also like positionally. They need help in so many different areas. Cornerback position is the one where like they just need way more talent than they have now. That's why JC Horn and Patrick Sertan being gone at, at, at pick number 10 was debilitating for the Cowboys. They, yeah. you know, the safety position, they're still they're still a mess at the safety position. Like their whole secondary, people are gonna throw the ball all over the yard. I don't know if Parsons and and you know Dribble Cox or whoever is gonna solve that problem. So for me, like I, I think Dallas got their defense marginally better. Dan Quinn will marginally help them, but they still don't have the talent in the secondary. And I don't think they really did anything in the offseason or in the draft to address that. So, uh, you know, for me, I'm still not sold on where Dallas is overall. Shout out to our boy, Joseph Clark, on the YouTube watching us live. And to his point, I like the idea of, you know, 22nd. Okay. It's a nice floor for the New York football giants. And it's something you can grow from. Like, don't, don't hype us yet. Don't hype us up too hard yet. Go ahead. Feel free to sleep on us as the season starts, and maybe we get to catch a couple teams by surprise. Uh, Adam, we're going to get into some of the betting odds, which I think will show you some of the trends and where things are going. But let me start you out with, with two questions really quick. We'll see how close closest to the pin you can get. Okay. Before the draft and, and in the offseason, what was the Giants' odds to win the Super Bowl? Do you have any any idea what they were? Oh God! Odds to win the Super Bowl plus. Oh, when I, I do these in the, you know, I know that you know I do these in a wacky. I always do the plus whatever it is. So, uh, plus six thousand. So it was plus five thousand. It was fifty to one for the Giants to win the Super Bowl. You, you have the Giants in the draft. They they address the needs that they do. Coming out of it, updated odds to win the Super Bowl. Football Giants. What do you have them at now, Adam? Thirty-eight to one. So now they're at 65 to one. Oh, this is is the the amount of disrespect that is being labeled on the giants. Like like Gettleman went out and had a great free agency. He went out and everyone said, you know, Davey day trader over here, like crushing it for the giants. What a steal. They got no Jalari. They addressed the edge rush position. 
and the Giants moved back <laughs> to 65 to one. Like, I'm glad I haven't put in any of my NFC East bets or my Giants bets yet to win the Super Bowl because the odds are like, are they going to be 100 to one before the season starts? Like, I don't understand how this is all going backwards, but I will take it because it means we will be cashing bigger checks when the Giants surprise everyone this year. Now let's talk about though you said the Vegas odds within the division because I did throw a couple of shekels down on the Giants to win the division. I threw it down. I think when it was, uh, you know, four and a half to one. I also threw it down a little bit earlier when it was like five and a half to one. But to your point around the around the power rankings, does what we see from a betting standpoint line up with what the power rankings suggest? It does not, and I'll explain a little bit in more detail why that is. Um, but just to just to run it out there, the the betting favorite in the NFC East is the Dallas Cowboys at plus one twenty five, which means if you were to put a hundred dollar bet on the Cowboys, you'd you'd be raking in a hundred twenty five bucks. Coming in second is the Washington Football Team at plus two sixty. Um, third is the Giants at plus four hundred, and Philadelphia rounds everything out at plus four fifty. So. Any initial thoughts that you have there, Adam, and then I can kind of break down those numbers and and and, and what it means. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, I, I think that it would. I think it it should, in my mind, make sense that Dallas is is the top dog in this division. But and maybe maybe it's not right because that's really is solely predicated on Dak Prescott, right? If you look at all the quarterbacks in the division, you say, well, Dak Prescott is the clear Pro Bowl talent quarterback, proven commodity, and that's what moves the needle for you. But I, I I do find it interesting that the Giants are so much closer to the Eagles as far as odds to win the division as opposed to being a little bit tighter. Because to me, it's, it, it should be as much of a toss-up for the Giants to be able to take it from the Dallas Cowboys as opposed to the Washington football team. So that, I mean, that's the biggest surprise to me. Like, I feel like the Giants should be in line with Washington, not falling you know not falling towards the back end of the pack and basically saying the giants have better odds to finish last in the division than they do to win the division you are spot on the first thing that i thought is wow the the giants are closer to philadelphia than they are dallas now here is the thing that people need to remember and the difference between vegas odds and what people actually think about those teams what vegas wants to do is get as much even betting and even liability across the board on all of these different bets. So that in an ideal world, they want it nice and even spread across so that one, one team wins, they rake in the other three, you know, teams right. that, that want odds on everybody. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. And then all of a sudden, like if, if they have it all balanced in terms of, every, you know, there's $10 million on the Cowboys, 10 million on this, they end up making a profit. So what Vegas is, is basically saying is look, we know Dow, uh, Dallas didn't win the division. We know Dak's coming back. We know Washington may even be a better football team. But we're getting so much action on the Dallas Cowboys because they have such a big fan following like the New York Yankees or like the Lakers or Celtics that we don't need to give long shot odds on the Cowboys to get people to entice them to bet. Whereas, you know, for the Eagles, people are saying, man, Jalen Hurts is, is coming, coming in now. They lost Carson Wentz. We don't know. So they jack up the odds to plus 450 to say, we need more people to be throwing down some action on Philadelphia to level the playing field. We're already getting enough betting from Dallas is basically what they're saying, which kind of makes sense to me. It's, it's, it's the Yankee factor where it's like people are going to go to Vegas and throw down $500 on the Cowboys to win the division, no matter whether those odds were plus 125 or plus 350, right? 
Oh, right. So there's just safeguarding against the idea that no matter what, Dallas is going to see the action. So why overpay for people that think they're going to win the division? Whereas we get a nice little bang for our buck if you throw down the odds in favor of one of these lesser teams. And interestingly enough, as I said, along the way here, the Giants at one point were were the bottom of the division. They were expected to finish last by Vegas odds. And I so to your logic, because we've done this before where you kind of you break it down, understanding and, and doing more betting than I certainly do. But to my logic, those terrible odds that they were putting the Giants at for a while was kind of playing with the idea of, oh, you think, oh, you you think the Giants aren't that, you know, they could really be storming the division, whatever. We're giving you great odds over here. Put your money down, friends, even though, even if you don't think they're going to be last or second to last in the division, the odds that they win the division are not in real in real life, right? Those expectations are lower than maybe Vegas would have it at. So they're still going to get great value on those bets as well. God, Vegas is smart. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's like they're a business making money. Like, think about it. That's why the Washington football team is ranked higher in the power rankings. But then Dallas is the, the betting favorite in Vegas just because of the money that's going to be coming in. So it's one thing that I try to tell everyone about betting football games. You know, you see a spread and you're like, wow, Vegas thinks X team is going to win by X amount of points. And that's not what what betting lines are, which it took me forever to realize this. Basically, Vegas is saying, what's the number where we can get both sides saying we think this is a really good amount of points. Right. And then if you can even that out and you take you take the VIG in between, then Vegas walks away as a happy camper. That's basically what's happening here with Dallas being the betting favorite, yet power rankings are suggesting that they're not the best team in the, in the division. I feel like there's been a number of times when when over the over the years when we've been talking about something, a, a game, obviously, and I'll say like, oh my god, I can't, I can't, they're favored by that much, and like I literally, I had I said a deja vu moment where, where it's Andy Mack was going, yeah, no, but what what that is is Vegas is what Vegas is trying to do here, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. But they're not that good of a team. It doesn't. It doesn't add up, friend. I just don't. You know. So it is. It's interesting to to see these lines and to try to gleam what where's the reality, right? Not just what Vegas wants to make happen. Not what the NFL is putting at power rankings from a pure talent standpoint. And then everyone having to play against each other and all those factors that come out of the wash. Before we do, I want to move into as we get out the door here. We're going next week. The schedule is going to get released, and I just want to kind of reset the table from an opponent's position here because there are going to be some interesting now matchups potentially for the Giants along the way. But just real quick, in the in the, in the NFL power rankings, I just, this is just for fun, just to see if Andy's on point. Give me one to five. Give me one to five power rankings in the NFL as it stands right now, and I will I will give you the hint that there are two NFC teams and three AFC teams in the top five. Okay, so I'm going to go Tampa Bay. I'm going to go Kansas City. I'm going to go, oh, three AFC teams, huh? I'm yeah. going to go, do you want me to give you an order or just? I'll, oh, I'll just, I want an order, buddy. Oh, you want them in order. Oh, number three, I'm going to say they have, the Green Bay Packers. And then four, I'm going to say they have the Buffalo Bills. And then five, so I need one more AFC team. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So you got the Bills, you got the Chiefs. Who else would they have? 
And then they've got the Cleveland Browns at five. Oh, buddy, I got to say. Oh, the Steelers, maybe? I don't know. What do they got? Nailing, listen, you nailed it. One through four, you nailed it. Bucks, uh, Chiefs, Packers. I think Packers are the interesting one. As good as good We all know how good they are, but just, you know, everything going on there. Uh, fourth is Buffalo Bills. And then, listen, you mentioned the Browns. They're at seventh. Interestingly enough, and there's one, surprise. I think, very surprising team listed here right now. Steelers are 10th. So, you know, because I think that everyone kind of has their their down on Ben Roethlisberger coming up the list would be the Rams at nine, the Seahawks at eight. I mentioned the Browns at seven. Here's a shocking team, though. The New Orleans Saints are still sixth. I, I find that to be very surprising, given the, the retirement of Drew Brees and the general, you know, you have to wonder, even though. And that, that's, that's the Sean Payton impact for sure there. And then fifth. The Baltimore Ravens. I mean, on a neutral field, <laughs> you're telling me that you would take the Ravens over the Browns right now? Like, like that. That's what the, these those rankings to me. That that's nonsensical Fugazi? because we going for Gazy on a neutral field. If the Browns were playing the Saints uh, uh, right now with the roster that the Browns have, I would take the Browns in that game. When you don't even know, you don't even know who's starting a quarterback for the Saints. Like, no, that, that to me is the most shocking. Yeah. <laughs> Like, like, and you know what? Listen, the Ravens, they have Lamar Jackson. They had a really up and down season. I mean, I bet on them to win the Super Bowl last year before the season started, and they just didn't really fully ever get it together. And if they met on a neutral field, I mean, the Browns have everything this year. So that is surprising to me. I'm, I'm shocked that the Ravens are as high as they are. And how about this? Two out of the bottom three teams are the, of course, dead last 32nd are the Jaguars, and then 30th are the Bengals. I only bring them up because, man – Young quarterbacks, obviously, Joe Burrow coming back from injury. They drafted, you got Chase, you got, you know, uh, Jamar Chase, uh, Jamar Chase. You got Jamar Chase there. I almost want Chase Young. I confuse my own brain. And then the Jaguars, I mean, listen, they got Trevor Lawrence. They got, you know, I mean, they, they did a lot of things. Those are just exciting. Like, if you are fans of those franchises, be excited. Well, first of all, because there's only one way to go, and that's up. But because you have a lot of young talent. So those are teams that I think, again, sometimes young teams that are rebuilding rosters, they can sometimes catch guys off guard, especially early in the season. All right. As I said, next week the schedule will come out. Let's just get out out the door on the idea of recounting the schedule. What what do you think is going to make success for this team? We can think about projecting next week. What are going to be a couple of the teams when we talk about who the Giants are going to play? We know we got that 17th game now against Miami. I feel like that's about as bad of a draw as you could get as far as we get the matchup for the extra game on the road. Remember the giants are going to have nine road games and only eight home games. Just give me, give me a couple of teams outside of the division that you, that you think it's going to be important when we play those teams throughout the season. Yeah. So the dolphins is one because th- their roster is, is pretty loaded. They don't, but they don't know what they're going to be getting from Tua. So I find that one fascinating, but I'll pivot to two other names. One is a home game and one's an away game. The, I'll start with the away game. The away game against the Chicago Bears. That game, when it gets scheduled, the timing is going to impact the Giants significantly. Because think about it. One, Matt Nagy has a great record, you know, Bears head coach in early in the season in September. He's usually really, really good. They're going to have a veteran quarterback likely starting in Andy Dalton. So you're going to have that. If the Giants get them later in the season and you know the Packers are running away, away with the division, that means it's Justin Fields' time. You're going to get a rookie quarterback against what we're hoping is a top five defense in the league. So, you know, that game when it's scheduled, if that's week two, not great for the Giants. If that's week 13, 
I think that actually would help the Giants out significantly. Um, I, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I it's I think we said this last year too, right? Because did the Giants play the Bears last year? They did, yes. Yeah, so I, I think I, we had the same conversation about about wanting it sooner in the season so we could maybe catch the defense off guard. Now it's the factor of the quarterback position and saying if you see it late enough in the year, now they have a little spark from the young QB that they came up with us, by the way. So, you know, results right in front of us. Our wide receiver that we take at 20, their quarterback, and they come to get at 11. That one makes sense to me. I think, listen, there, there's a lot of other teams, depending on how things uh, shake out. You know, one that I'm excited for, I won't say concerned about when I play them, but I'm excited for games like the Atlanta Falcons because that just feels like a fireworks show kind of game, right? Two, it's going to be two high-powered offenses. We know what we hope our defense is capable of, and that could be the kind of game where you go, hey, guess what? If all of a sudden we're shutting down a little bit of Julio Jones, right? We're taking on the stud tight end that's going to be out there on the field for them as well, along with Calvin Ridley. Like, that's an exciting barometer for where the offense is, and I feel like, actually, I'll say, that's a game that I'd probably rather see middle of the season once the offense has a chance to get its legs underneath them, get new weapons, you know, Saquon Barkley back healthy, Galladay, Tony, you know, you're, you're bringing a lot of new things here on the offensive side of the ball. And I feel like that's the going to be the side for the Giants that needs more time to find its rhythm. So a game like that will be, I, I think it'll be an exciting test to see how explosive can we be offensively. And maybe the other one, boy, man, there's so, there's so many rough games here. And I, it's like, when do you want to? When do you want to play the Super Bowl champions or the Super Bowl runners-up? Right? Is there a good or bad time to play those teams in a season? No, there's not. And so those two teams, I, I've completely uh, disregarded. I actually pre- pre- prefer Atlanta later in the year. Week seventeen me and week eighteen. Yeah, yeah. And they've give already me, done give it. Like give give me a, when yeah. the games don't matter anymore. <laughs> they've got they've got the buy locked up. That's great. I, I want Atlanta later in the season. I want Matt Ryan outdoors in the Meadowlands, freezing cold, and being like, I don't want to be here. Um, Very fair. The, the game, the so there's two two home games, but one in particular is the Carolina Panthers. The fact that they traded mm. for Sam Darnold and they, and he's going to be acclimated. He's never played with any of these players. He's got this offseason that's half virtual, half not. I want Carolina Panthers week one so that we can get him, you know, pass rushing right out of the gate. Get get him seeing ghosts again, yep. you know, in in the Meadowlands. There's one other game, Adam, that's going to be interesting, and not necessarily when we play them. But we have the Denver Broncos on our schedule. Yeah. And knowing the fact that like there's still all of this swirling with Aaron Rodgers, like that game right now, we don't even know if it's going to be Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater. You feel decent about that game at home. They trade for Aaron Rodgers. We don't have the Packers on the schedule this year. So that would drastically change the outlook of a, a game we feel like we'll be favored in and can get a win versus maybe we're five or six point underdogs with Aaron Rodgers coming to the Meadowlands. You throw in all the division games, obviously. The even even the Raiders are one that I think I'd rather play earlier in the year than later because they just strike me as a team that whatever they're going to be, they're going to get better by the end of it. So you know, trying to get that defense sorted out, you always like to play them sooner too. So listen, we'll be back in, of course, next week. We'll be back on Friday as well. But next week, when the schedule gets released, we'll start to break it down. We'll do our all too early record predictions and where we think the Giants can find an advantage over the course of the year. Out the door on this notion, though, what makes a successful season for the Giants? You know, two sentences or less. What is the record? Remember, 17 games now. Is this, you know, can they go eight and nine and still feel like they've accomplished something? Or is the pressure on to be an above 500 team? I think really the goal is, for me, is eight wins minimum. So an eight and 10 season. 
showing progression, moving the team forward. But really what marks it as a successful season is us finding out that Daniel Jones is a top 15 quarterback in the NFL. If we get, I don't even care about the wins as much as long as we know what we've gotten Daniel Jones, eight wins and Daniel Jones being the future of the New York football giants. I would check the box and sign up for it now. There you go. And listen, Andy works in sales, not accounting. Eight and nine would be the record he'd be looking for there. We don't know about this 18th game of the season. That Listen, we don't know where – who knows? Maybe Andy just wants – Maybe Goodell throws another game in at the end. They're like, we need more money, pandemic. We, and, you know. we, never, we never know. The NFL and the proverbial Spaceballs 2, the search for more money. We'll be back in on Friday, breaking down all the New York football Giants news. Friends. This is now even more exciting times of year, right? We get these rookies into the camp. We want to start seeing what they're going to be doing. The schedule predictions it never stops. The NFL truly is a full year round league. Follow us on social at one giant podcast. Follow the podcast. Leave a glowing review. Five stars or bust if you so please. And as one Andrew Makowitz would want, would need, and oh, by the way, would demand that you know. As always, let's go Big Blue.